And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello everyone and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 309. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. We're a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network and the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. That's me. And it is Furniture Week here at the uh, studio. Have furniture arriving uh, the day after I record this. I actually am taking a day off work to uh, to have furniture delivered here. And what a, uh, yeah, what it's like, uh, I'm going to be really, really tired after this. So who knows? I mean, well, anyway, recording the show because, of course, I have priorities. Not a lot going on other than that, though, here. And uh, we're going to just uh, barrel on. We are covering the Walt Simonson Ragnarok series. And this week we are going to be covering issue number 10. Or no, it's issue number 11 because we covered issue 10 last week. But anyway, we're going to do that right after this music. Has anybody ever actually stopped and listened to the bass line in that? That is twisted stuff, man. I mean, that's that's far out even for the 60s. It sounds like he's not actually playing anything in tune. He's just kind of keeping a rhythm. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, enough about the uh, jingle. All right, we are covering Walt Simonson's Ragnarok, which is from IDW Comics. This is issue number 11, the penultimate issue of this story arc. Uh, cover art is by Simonson and Laura Martin with the, on the colors, and we've got a um, a shot here, full uh, cover shot of Reagan, the dark elf, and he is holding his sword in front of him, looking very Elric. Um, yeah, of course, as you know, that um, you know, Simonson also illustrated some of the uh, the Michael Moorcock comics, including, I believe, a run on Elric. And he's looking very Elric-y in this picture. We have his uh, daughter, Drifa, who's looking older than she did in the previous uh, story arc. And she is um, doing kind of a lotus position thing. She even seems to have the Doctor Strange logo on her belt, which is, I don't know if that's a a kind of a hidden homage or not, but I I like to think that it is. And of course, we have the um, skeletal face of Thor, uh, behind him, uh, sort of behind him to his uh, his uh, uh, right hand side, um, so it'd be stage right, which would be left side of the cover. Um, on the other side of him is a broken hand, which um, led to believe is either Thor's hand or else a uh, Draugar hand, and we have what looks like dripping blood down beside them. Our story so far. While Thor and his allies, Regan the Black Elf Assassin and his daughter, Drifa, travel to confront Angantyr, the Lord of the Dead. They encounter a frost giant killing dwarves. 
Thor deals with him, and Sikor is the last remaining dwarf, who dies after giving Thor brief counsel. The travelers further encounter a ruined village known as the Hammer's Graveyard, a location that, despite being guarded by a company of Draugar, remains a place of pilgrimage for mortals who risk their lives to honor the dead gods, and Thor in particular. As Thor's wound continues to weaken him, the riders travel on. The black hold of Angantyr is not far distant. We have the credits. Walter Simonson is the writer and artist. Laura Martin is the colorist. John Workman was the letterer. Scott Dunbeer is the editor. Production was Chris Mowry. And the publisher is Ted Adams, as always. This was published in October of 2016, and the price is not given in the scan. We have a prologue here um, in the uh, beginning of the issue, and we, it's all colored in sepia tones and it's very moody. And we have the, I believe this is the origin of uh, Tearfing. We're not the origin of Tearfing, because we kind of already had that, haven't we? But we're, we're coming back to the, uh, the scene where the daughter of Angantyr raises him from the dead and takes his sword. So um, we show her approaching the barrow, and, and with her magic, she claims the sword and, and raises her father at the same time. But anyway, we have some uh, commentary here. There were many magics in the Nine Worlds before they became the Dusk Lands. Scyther was particularly powerful. Its practitioners were primarily women, and like all magics, it could be used for good or ill. And we have um, her summoning up her father and stealing his sword and taking it away. Um, we have the sword shining in a very dramatic way. Yep, and then she leaves, and we see that the body of her father is still kind of standing there, you know, undead. The nine worlds may have changed forever, but the magic endures for good or ill. The Game of the Sword is the name of the story. I believe that was the name of the story last time, too, because that's probably what the trade is going to be called. And we see a big black tower. I believe that is the Tower of Angantyr, and it's standing in the middle of a futuristic-looking city, um, as it were. Um, very interesting architecturally, definitely not in your ancient Norse tradition. Actually, kind of in your Jack Kirby tradition a bit. Um, and we have uh, Thor and Reagan, and they are on their uh, their goat lizard horse things, and uh, they're overlooking the, the tower. I'm in tears, black hold, says Reagan, at the very edge of Helheim. He's built well, says Thor. Killing him will be no easy task. And uh, the uh, Reagan, and Reagan is talking to his daughter, Snowflake. Take Lady and Fury over to the meadow beyond the trees and let them forage. They must be hungry. And they all get down, and Drifa hugs her father, and, and Regan says, And I need to talk with Thor. And she goes wandering off with the, uh, the horse goat things, and Thor says, Do you think she won't know what we talk about? I don't want to worry her needlessly. She has so little time left to be a child. You look terrible. Well, not that he doesn't look terrible, because <laughs> he's a skull face. Anyway, my wound is sapping my strength again. Eden's apples are losing their effectiveness rapidly. I need to go sit down. But it is time for hard words between us. 
And we shift to uh, Drifa, where she is with the horses, and they're using their big, sharp, carnivorous teeth to crop grass, which seems very, very wrong. But anyway, um, they're, they're eating. And uh, she's sitting there in a the lotus position, meditating, I guess. And the uh, commentary says, There is no comfort on the rim of Helheim. It breeds a bitter wind, and the air seems almost frozen. And Drifa gets up, and she goes, Lady, Fury, come on, let's go see what the grown-ups have decided to do, as if we didn't know. And uh, Drifa returns with the uh, the animals, and uh, Thor says, Regan. He has removed his gauntlets and has uh, bundled them up in a, uh, um, like a twine or string or something. And I believe this is what the King of the Dead had asked for, were, were Thor's gauntlets. We see uh, Drifa, she's kind of knows what's going on here. And she says, you're going into the Lord of the Dead's hold, aren't you, Papa? And Thor? He's going to need your help, Drifa. You are right. I shall enter the fortress alone. And we see Thor, he's sitting here on the ground, he's removed his, his uh, gauntlets, and he's, he looks very, um, well, he's kind of lounging there, but he, I mean, he, he looks weak, I guess. I must confront Angantyr, the monster truly responsible for your mother's death. Have you foretold, or what? I do not need my gifts to know that the cursed blade you carry is untrustworthy. Take this. And Drifa casts a spell, and she summons forth a blade. Now, this sword we've seen before. This is Brynja's sword, so that's her mother's sword. So it's a uh, very, um, it's a good-looking sword. Even though, I mean, it looks like a good sword, not like a cursed sword. It's very shiny and silver, and yeah, it's, it's kind of cool-looking. Regan takes the sword and puts it on his side, and uh, he says, Brynja's first sword. I thought you'd forgotten it. I have kept Mother's weapon within me since we left home. It will never betray you. Drifa, my darling child, I am sorry that fate has brought us to this. Always remember, bear yourself proudly as the daughter of a black elf warrior should. The elves were proud once before the doom of the powers. We have little left now but pride. You must watch Thor and watch the black hold as well. And they they hug and embrace. He's starting to, uh, let's say, Reagan is starting to set off for the tower. And he says to Drifa, Remind him to take his remaining apple slices, but only after I have entered the gateway of the great keep. And he goes wandering off, and Drifa's watching after him. And we have a, a, a photostat, which <laughs> I was just saying, I was complimenting uh, Simonson a couple issues ago for not using, and he's now using them. But uh, anyway, it makes sense, you know. It's, it's a way. It's a way of making uh, your art go a little further. So I don't. I don't really mind. Anyway, so she says to Thor, "He's not coming back, is he?" No, says Thor. Are you going to kill him, like Mama? In a way, I'm sorry. Does he wish it? Yes. Will he be with Mama in Valhalla? I don't know. Valhalla is likely broken, like everything else in these Dusklands. But it was for fallen mortals, chosen by the Valkyries. Lord Odin, Lady Frigga, and the Lady Hell are the only ones who deal directly with the dead. They would have known the fate of elves if anyone did. That is beyond my ken. But I am sure he'll be with your mother again. I hope so. He tries not to show it, but he misses Mama terribly. And at this point, uh, Thor gets up, and uh, like he has an important mission to uh, to do. 
And he says, I hope so too. I must go, Snowflake. Wait here with Lady in Fury until I return. Don't call me Snowflake. My name is Drifa. Take your apples. Don't eat them too soon. And we shift scenes and we are at the Tower of the Dead where the caption says a bitter wind blows harder here. And Reagan is approaching the gate of the tower. Lots of Draugar around, zombie people. And they, they all shout, Halt! Who dares present a living soul at the gates of the Lord of the Dead? Tell your master that his assassin is at the door and awaits his pleasure. Assassin? What arrogance! When I was alive, I slew hundreds. As a Draugar, I've slain thousands. Who are you to claim the title of... Reagan takes the uh, the gauntlets of Thor and he just whacks the Draugar across the face of them with a crack. And uh, yeah, the Draugar does not like that. And uh, he goes, um, Agintir's thralls would do well to curb their tongues lest they lose them. Damned elf scum, I'll kill you! And a, a voice comes from beyond. Hold, says the voice. And it is a red-haired woman, and this obviously is a woman from the earlier in the story, the daughter of the Lord of the Dead. And she, you can tell because she's wearing the same clothes. And, uh, and she's got red hair, and she is obviously a Draugar or zombie or whatever herself. Regan says, It seems your master already knows. Fortunately for you, your unlife would have ended here and now. Lord Regan, follow me, please, says the woman. And uh, he follows her in, and we come to a throne room. We have Lord Angantyr. He's sitting on a throne at the end of the room. He's got, uh, like, his elite guard, so they're all, like, armored and have spears and shields, and they're well-armed. Well they, they don't look like your normal Draugar. The, uh, the lady says, Lord Angantyr, may I present the Black Elf Assassin, Lord Regan? He comes bearing gifts. Lady, I have lived a long time. Have I not seen you in the days before your... Death? I do not know. I remember little of that time. She remembers what I let her remember, Regan. But you have a good memory. She is my daughter, Hervor. She was a warrior and wanderer in the bright days. You may have encountered her then. And now? Oh, quite dead. She stole something of mine one centuries ago. I have a long memory. I do not forgive. Eventually I recovered what was mine. And it has um, a scene here of him stealing the, or getting the sword back from her and then slaying her with it. So that, that explains how she died. What have you brought me? And Regan uh, throws down the, uh, the gauntlets of Thor, tied together with their string. And Regan says, These. Ah, and Mjolnir? I left it lying next to him. It was of no use to me. That's what I like about elves, Regan. No imagination. I was a berserker once, feared across all the northlands of Midgard. My blade was Tyrfing. We were deadly together. It was buried with me. And we get a little bit of um, uh, a recap of, of what happened with, uh, with him when he got raised from the dead. But Hervor came and spoke the words that awoke me out of the ground. 
and took the sword for its magic. She was careless, and in her excitement she failed to speak the words to return me to my barrow. I was strong. I was angry. I gathered other Draugar to me, but that was only a beginning. Eventually I entered Helheim, the realm of the dead, in search of an army. I found more Draugar, and even Nair, oath-breakers, seducers, and murderers, ready to battle against any odds. But before I could invade the Nine Worlds, the Day of Doom arrived. The forces of Helheim boarded the Great Ship of Death, a building for uncounted centuries in Helheim. And we see uh, a scene of the giant ship, and we, we've talked about the giant ship before, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, but it's the, the ship that's made out of the fingers and toenails of all the dead warriors. And it is huge. It is like a major city, and you can see the like uh, people down in the uh, the ship, and they're they're tiny, 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 like like fleas. Loki was the helmsman. I was his pilot. I laid our course for Vigrid, the battle plain where the gods had gathered. There we found the great enemies of the gods assembled as well. We joined the battle. Thor was missing. And with the World Serpent's help, we slew the Aesir and all of their allies. With joy. With great joy. But when the gods were dead, there was chaos. The great enemies fought amongst themselves over the spoils for the Nine Worlds. The great wolves, Skull and Hati, devoured the sun and the moon. But they died and fell to earth. Their rotting carcasses housed the sun and moon the light shines through what's left of them. The worlds collapsed into the Dusklands. The dead were numberless, aimless and drifting, and I knew then that I had found my destiny, to order this new realm. Whether Hell had died with the great ships launching, or was simply too afraid to take part in the final battle, no one knows. She'd vanished, but the Dusklands' fate belongs to the dead, and they follow me. I occupied one of Hell's former keeps on the rim of Helheim and began rebuilding it. The black hold is still growing. Come, Regan, I will show you something. Hervor, attend us. And they go up uh, some stairs, and, um, and the Angantir says, This concerns you as well, talking to his wife. Or his daughter, I think it was his daughter, <laughs> and they they come up like at the top of the uh, the tower, and uh, they're looking out over the entire uh, kingdom, and he decides to tell a little bit of a story here, and this is uh, basically it's a recap of what happened in the first issue of of this series. The Dusklands are mine, farther than the eye can see, but my Draugar and the Nair troll everywhere ceaselessly. Always I remembered the absence of Thor in the final battle. Then three Draugar came to an empty fortress at the edge of the world. They found a magical object bound to the door there. Two of them were foolish enough to touch the hammer and were instantly destroyed. The third was wiser and ran. He spread the word. Among the dead the word travels fast. Then it reached me. I knew I had found the Thunderer himself, missing for so many centuries. 
I gave my black elf assassins the task of killing the last god. Thanks to you and Brynja, Ragnarok is finally finished. And we then shift scenes to Thor, and he is far away. He's looking at the keep from a very long way away. And he has his bag full of apples, and he is not doing well. And he's, he's very, very um, weak here. And he's thinking to himself, the keep. And I see Regan and Angantyr on the roof of the hold. Unsteady. Must eat remaining apples. And he starts to um, starts to eat them, but he drops them. He drops the whole bag, and they're falling down on the floor. And you know, it was a thip, 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 thwip as they, they land on the ground, because that's the sound that apples make when they fall on the ground. And Thor himself kind of staggers and, and falls to his knees. And um, we shift back to the, uh, the conversation going on at the top of the tower. With our contract fulfilled, when will you grant my daughter her gifts? As soon as you bring her to me. A bad idea. Your last gift immortality failed, my daughter. I'd hoped it wouldn't come to this, but the magics of immortality and invulnerability are difficult to master. You never did plan to fulfill your part of the bargain, did you? says Regan. You wound me, Regan. I intend to be generous, and I am truly grateful for your service. I shall give you Hever as your chattel, to be your wife and slave forever. She was quite beautiful when she was alive. Now not so much. You two will be a good match since you'll be dead yourself. What? says Hervor. She doesn't like this idea. You should not have betrayed me, Hervor. I said I never forgive. But don't worry. I shall see to it that your only thoughts will be to please and satisfy your future husband. Father, no. I am the one who made your kingdom possible. I awoke your sleeping corpse. I should be consort. You, who stole my treasure and left me to the wolves? What sort of queen would you be? Have you looked in a mirror recently? It's that elf child. She's all you've talked about for months. But you'll never have her. I'll kill her first. Angantyr has heard enough of that, and he just reaches out and, and punches her in the face with a uh, thick chick Knocks her down. Enough. Count yourself lucky I allow you to serve me at all. Now kneel at Ringen's feet, Hervor, and be silent. Do you think I will allow this demon? I've always liked your daughter, Ringen. Sweet, unspoiled, alive. I'll change all that, of course, except the last. But in the end, I shall bend her to my will, as I will bend you. Never, says Regan. You will become your daughter's own torturer, breaking her for me, and you will enjoy it. I already have several Draugar patrols quartering the land around. You would not have abandoned your daughter somewhere distant. She will be found, and she will be mine. And we shift scenes to uh, where Thor and Adrif are hiding, and we have Draugar, and they're uh, running around trying to find them. And they're sniffing around, and one of them is like, uh, I smell blood. Young blood. 
She's nearby. No eating. Lord Angantyr's orders. You eat her, you go into the furnaces. And they're sniffing around, and they eventually see her, and she is sitting uh, the edge of the hill. And we shift scenes again. We're back in the uh, the Dark Tower again, and we see Reagan's eyes in close-up, and he takes his sword, and he uh, he just draws it, and he thrusts it right through Angantyr. We get a, like a, a half-page uh, frame here, and the sound effect schlicked as the uh, the sword bursts into Angantyr's chest and bursts out his back, and there's this sort of light uh, coming out, like a fire or light or lightning or something. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem to do much good. And so Angantyr says, I am very quick. No one has been able to touch me with a blade for centuries. Well played, Regan. But alas, I am beyond Tearfing's malice. Have you forgotten? I am already dead. There is only one living being in the black hold whose death will satisfy the blade's curse. And he throws the sword up in the air and he's spinning it around with magic and it's uh, like casting off like uh, little energy blobs. Not, not really Kirby Crackle, but the sort of little slices of energy as it spins around in the air. And then it buries itself right through Reagan's heart. So just right through his chest. You get a full page here. Um, it's bro- kind of broken up into panels uh, denoting the passage of time. But with a giant whisk. Uh, yeah, anyway, it's a big Walt Simonson sound effect. <laughs> the, uh, the sword goes right through Reagan's chest. And yeah, and he falls and he's going... Uh, 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 uh. It, uh, it looks almost like Angantyr is recoiling from him, which is kind of interesting. I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm not sure what, what Simonson was thinking when he drew that, but it doesn't look like it's really called for by the uh, the, the dialogue. And we then go back to uh, Thor, shift back to him, and he's picking up uh, little bits of apple off the ground and trying to get them to his mouth, but he's just not doing well at all. And he's like, oh, and holding his head. And he collapses, and he's fall down like flat on his face, and seems to be quite dead. And we have to be continued. And uh, following that, uh, we actually have a uh, the art gallery. We're not going to really talk about that again. We have eight pages um, that they picked out, and they're showing us what they looked like before and after. Uh, with a few notes from Simonson on it. If you're interested in that feature, go buy the trade, uh, because that is actually the bonus in the the trade, probably in the um, uh, regular edition as well. The uh, article does mention that the the ship is called Nagelfar. Um, That's the one that's made of dead men's fingernails and toenails, um, which I'd forgotten about that. And yeah, but uh, nice pages, and they, they kind of explain why they did uh, things the way they did in the in the, um, in the finished art. Again, the finished art always looks a lot better in this in this series than the uh, the rough art, and that's just the way the Simonson is working nowadays. All right, uh, so uh, what did we think about this issue? Well, you're gonna find out right after this message. Star Trek comic books. Mythology, video games, 
Toys, Star Wars, just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by Two True Freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. And we're back. And of course, we don't have a whole lot to say about it. Once again, you know, there's only so much you can say about beautiful art. <laughs> and and it, it is it, it does continue to be beautiful. Though I will say that as of this issue, the 11th issue, we are seeing... I think probably the least art that we've seen in the series so far. It's like he's getting a little bit weary of doing this uh, as as it goes on. I mean, there's some pages obviously that are they're key pages, and and it's very evident that those key storytelling pages um, were very much um, you know they spent a lot of time on them, uh, you know, making sure that the composition was perfect and. Yeah, you know, but uh, there's a lot of the filler pages that you know they don't look so good. They you know they're not as as strong, and it's a horrible thing to say about Simon because obviously I adore his art. I mean, I always have. I mean, he's an amazing artist. But uh, I think that uh, you know again as we go on in the series, the art does get a little bit weaker as we go. Um, but like like I said, I mean, he's got certain pages like the the show the page where he shows the ship. You know, just an amazing half page here of uh, of Nagelfar, uh, you know, kind of riding out of hell d- during during the Ragnarok battle. It's 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 really really amazing. The uh, writing is quite good as well. I think that you know, obviously Simonson sat down and he wrote this whole thing before he he drew anything, and it does come across as being very cohesive, very well constructed. He knows how to tell a story. I mean, we've seen his writing around before, particularly on Thor. Yeah, it does look really good, and, and it reads really well. Again, he has an ear for dialogue, and it is a, a fine book. I mean, I can't, can't really say enough about it. It's, it's something that definitely, you know, if you're on the fence and you're not sure whether you should check it or not, check it out. I mean, look at the library or something. See if they have it and you know, make your own decision. But I definitely, you know, I'm buying this book. Um, I own the first volume, and I, I haven't gotten the second volume yet, uh, but I am going to. I'm definitely going to get this entire uh, this entire series wherever it goes because it is amazingly well-drawn and also um, really, re- really well uh, put together. Um, one little thing I noticed, it's a little bit of an Easter egg, and it's really easy to miss, but if you look on page 8... Now this is the the uh, scene in the Tower of the Dead where where Reagan actually smashes um the Draugar in the face with the Thor's gauntlets on the background of the very first panel we have a silhouette they have like a giant statuary head and it is very clearly Beta Ray Bill so it's a little little nice little shout out here uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it definitely looks like Bill. Uh, and yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I think that uh, in the coloring, they, they didn't really draw attention to it. 
I mean, if they colored it orange, that would have been maybe a little bit too obvious. But instead, they decided to go with the... Uh, they, they actually have kind of a, a reddish... I mean, the backgrounds are reds and browns, and, and so they, they also color it a little bit darker than everything else around it, so you don't really notice it. But it definitely does look like Beta Ray Bill here, uh, kind of in the background. Maybe it's coincidence. Maybe it's just the way Simonson draws statuary. I don't think so. I think that's actually Bill. Anyway, uh, so that's about it for this week, folks. Once again, I really appreciate everybody listening out there. It is a great pleasure uh, to, to have new people joining all the time. And of course, if you want to uh, get in touch with us, please do so. Um, the email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Facebook. Just go to Radio Free Asgard on Facebook and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>